Well, hello there. Hello. How are you? Sweaty, how are you? I'm good. And listener, how are you? Yeah. Sweaty, I hope. <laughs> yeah, I hope you're super sweaty. I hope you're sweating. It's what we um, just, that's what and, we hope for everyone. Yeah, we really just hope you're sweaty. That's that's the best we can hope for mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. It's just that you're you're perspiring. Yeah. Um, and aspiring. Um, <laughs> you know, so. Uh, yeah. Welcome to the podcast. Yes, uh, welcome. It's a shame. Yes, this is our podcast. If it's your. Loosely about shame. Yeah, loosely, loosely based on shame. Yeah. Some of the details may be fudged. Names have been changed to protect people's identities, but for the most part, we're talking shame here. Mm-hmm. Um, I am Danielle Nelson. I'm Lily Rogers. And and we welcome. will be guiding you yeah. through this journey. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> if you're a first-time uh, listener, welcome. We're glad you found us. Yes. Tell us how you found us. Yeah, tell us how you found us. And you might say, but how? How can I tell you? Well, you can go to the socials. We are at ShamePod. Mm-hmm. Or, or you could email you us email at us. ShamePod at gmail.com. Yeah. Always a good time. We like getting yeah, mail. I mean, look, so many options. <laughs> so many options. So many ways to reach out. Um, and um, if you are a regular listener and you've come back, Awesome. Welcome back. Yes. Hi. Sorry we missed a week. We're kind of on a COVID schedule, which is we have the best possible intentions, but, you know. Our business hours are limited right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, Due to to COVID. Our threshold Um, for most things is limited. (laughs) Yes, that is absolutely true. And we are still... Um, in different places. So um, for another couple of weeks, we're we're still, Lily's in that Pacific Standard Time. I'm in that mm-hmm. Central Time. So yeah, so we're, we're, but we're making it work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And there's that. Mm-hmm. So now all the business is taken care of. We've so greeted you. We've told you how to get in touch with us. <laughs> We've explained our how our operation hours are limited. <laughs> um uh, we we're haven't told you what to we're get drinking. Back on a more regular schedule. We have not. That's um, some important Lily business. Rogers, what are you drinking? Well, that is important business. I made up a drink that probably already exists because all drinks already exist. But um, we were cruising through our Bon Appetit magazine the other day, and they had this like little write up about white vermouth. And Stephanie and I were like, well, my, that looks tasty and refreshing. So we bought some. But it's a little too sweet for me because it's, you know, like made from wine and it like gets really sweet in the process. Uh-huh. And so I cut it with, so it's equal parts white vermouth, Sauvignon Blanc, and then a topper of soda water. And it's just Ooh. so refreshing and delightful. I f- that sounds really good. I feel like I'm getting hydrated. It like, it looks pretty because it's just kind of this pale, pale yellow color. It's icy and delicious so i'm digging it it's like it's like an elevated spritzer Mm -hmm. it like it sounds to me like it's got like some some component i feel like the vermouth makes it very classy so fancy like it adds a (laughs) yeah it's it is fancy it's no spritzer it has fucking vermouth yeah i need Um, to find the perfect garnish i think that a twist would be perfect for it but i just didn't because i was lazy yeah 
a garnish? Ooh, that's a good question. You know, there's a weird part of me that wants you to put just like, I was going to say, like, I, I want something almost like ginger. Oh, that would be I good. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I'm just, I'm really, I'm spitballing ideas here. <laughs> um, I, I am drinking a uh, Rianza from the Rioja region. The name of the line, the wine is uh, Larchago, L-A-R-C-H-A-G-O. Um, it's a nice Spanish red. It is delish. I opened it right before we started podcasting and um, poured myself a fishbowl size glass. Perfect. And yeah, and I'm just, you know. I was going to say, I'm surprised that you're drinking red wine when it's still light outside, but you're two hours ahead. So I guess where you are, it is That's your right. red wine o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're like, damn, New Orleans has changed you. Are you just day drinking red wine now? What's up? Who are you? I don't even know you anymore. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I'm still very much a sunset and after red wine drinker. Gotcha. Unless, you know, I've been trying to veer into the chilled reds Ooh. and the lighter reds, the day reds. Mm-hmm. Um, well, only, only the time you saw, which was when the <laughs> wine club I'm a member of gave me a chilled, like, day red. Yeah. And I'm not a fan of chilled red, so I tried it, but I haven't really tried it since then, I don't think. So. Well, speaking of the wine club. But that, that one time counts. Yes. You 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 gave it a valiant effort. <laughs> um, I sure did. But the wine club <laughs> that you're a part of, we just had brunch there recently because they have, um, you know, a restaurant also. And uh, they just reopened again for brunch. And we had. Shout out to the Rose. Yeah. The, the Rose, Rose Wine Bar wine in San Diego. Bar. It's so lovely. And they're. Um, Wine club. Also, I'm not a part of it yet, but I need to because it looks just fun and delightful. But while we were having brunch, um, Stephanie, who's more adventurous with the red wine during the day, um, got a chilled red and it was so good. So, yeah, I'm like, maybe Mm. I should venture Mm -hmm. into this realm more often. She really is an adventurous red wine drinker, like, during the day. I've seen it happen. Mm-hmm. She's, like, one of those people that, like, if she gets a certain dish and, like, it it asks for red wine, she's, like, I don't care that it's 2 p.m. Like, yeah, I'm going to have red wine. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, so crazy to me because I'm, like, I can't have red wine at 2 p.m. What, am I in a depressive episode? I'm not, you know, <laughs> like, I can't drink red wine during the day. Yeah, she's not vampiric about her red wine intake. <laughs> She'll do it during the day. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed. <laughs> She's Italian, though, right? So I think that kind of, like, maybe that's some of it. I, you know, it's her roots. I really should know that. I think that there's some Italian in there. But I feel like, like, I've heard I've heard her speak of it having Italian roots. Right, maybe, yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe, exactly. Well, I should know that. I don't know if. We've ever really discussed it. I just kind of assume that both of us are just, you know, very British Isles. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she seems she, it's like she could be Scottish. Rogers definitely Johnson. Need. I mean, look at our last Rogers names, Johnson. For fuck's sake. Yeah. We are the whitest ladies who have ever whited. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Nelson over here. So, I mean, come yeah. on. <laughs> well, you're like all French and stuff. That's cool. Yeah. That's what the, the DNA, the scary DNA test that I did that now I know they have all of my crazy information, but yeah, the DNA test said that it's like majority French, which is interesting. And then I guess that's like mostly Canadian French, which is a whole different conversation. It's fascinating. Um, (laughs) Yeah. That's me. (laughs) 
<laughs> our origins and origin stories mm-hmm. um yeah this podcast is just gonna be like from birth to you know our yeah. death predictions our entire life journey yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. first we're gonna theorize about what we may or may not be in terms of our descendants and ancestors <laughs> Um, and then we will talk about our time as embryos. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, hey, do you have any brand new information? I do have brand new information. Um, and it's funny because I feel like I keep getting or giving information that I get from YouTube because I, I watch so goddamn much of it. But um, so I, mm-hmm. I subscribe to this channel called Unintentional ASMR. <laughs> And it's really great because I I listen to it while I'm working. So I'm like not distracted by anything, but it's just these very soothing voices. And like, you know, I don't like all ASMR. I think like the, like some of the intentional ASMR channels can get kind of creepy and weird. Like they're Mm, like mm -hmm. weirdly role playing with you and you're like, don't like this. So I just like like weird, Mm -hmm. like old interviews from the seventies where the like video is kind of poppy and grainy and like, the oh, audio nice. is the same way, you know. So anyway, long story to say. I was watching one of those and uh, this interview with Roald Dahl, you know, the children's author, mm-hmm. came on and um, he was he has a very soothing voice. Um, but mm-hmm. so that's brand new information. I didn't know that. I hadn't heard him speak before. But he was talking about his writing process and like some of the sort of like like his writing area. <laughs> and God love the man. I just love this so much. He was like, oh, and here is my hip bone from when I got it sawed off during surgery for osteoarthritis. And he's like, and here's the first replacement. And this is what they replaced it with. So he writes. That's amazing. With his hip bone, his sawed off hip bone on his desk. And then it keeps going. And he also has pieces of his own spine. Had, I mean, he's deceased, but uh, had pieces of his own spine. From another surgery. Oh my gosh! On his desk, and I was just like, "I, I love you. You're amazing." Um, he That's al- like so creepy, but also like, what a way to keep yourself in check in terms of like, hey, guess what? You're gonna like decay back into to like the earth one day. Yeah, like, you're just bones. That's what it would do to me. It would just be like a constant reminder, like, "Hey, how much of your time are you gonna spend doing bullshit?" Exactly. You know. Well, and get writing, buddy. <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly. Um, motivation but he would also he also had um exactly six sharpened pencils in a cup which i mm-hmm. greatly appreciated the like very specificity of it i'm like yes mm-hmm. uh, my virgo brain explodes with happiness sharp pencils are one of my favorite things in the entire universe i actually have a cup mm-hmm. of sharp pencils that i don't really even use i i have them as decor on my bookshelf because <laughs> i think they're so pretty um yeah well so. there's i feel like it's a perfectly sharpened pencil is just like potential personified mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. or not i guess not personified but like it, it just like it is potential yeah it's like absolutely it's, it's like, like look at all of this these um standardized tests you could take Mm -hmm. (laughs) just kidding or like (laughs) they better be number two exactly (laughs) um yeah so okay I have a few more things to say about Roald Dahl and then we can be done with my brand new information so also the interviewer he was not amused by her and it was hilarious because she 
asked him the origins of his first name. She's like, oh, that's unusual. And he was like, well, it's Norwegian. My family's Norwegian. And she's like, oh, I thought it might have just been Ronald, but they forgot the N. And he just gives her this, like, withering look. <laughs> and it's like. Oh, my God. And he's like, no. And then he's like, I was named after the um, first man to get to the South Pole, who was also Norwegian. So that's oh, other brand new information. Okay. Um, and then the final thing. This is like meta brand new information. It's like I brand know, new information within, within brand, brand new, new information. information. I know. Which is fun, though, because an- another piece of brand new information is that that interviewer sounds like um, a piece of work. Like, yeah. that's one of those things I wonder if she stays up when she has, like, she can't sleep at 3 a.m. She's like, fuck. And then I just keep thinking about that time that I was like, oh, it's like Ronald, but they dropped the end. Like, and she's just like, why did I say that? Because exactly. it's like one of those things, like, you could hear yourself saying, and then you'd just be like, that You're was just a like huge kicking mistake. yourself over, like, oh my God, what an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> okay, one more or thing, and then I'm done unaware. with Roald Doll, I swear. So he okay. writes for four and a half hours a day. And this is his quote about that. He's like, oh, yes. So every day I'm immersed in a dotty world of fantasy. And you come out of that in a really moony state. I just love him. Moony or moody? Moony. Moony or moody? Moony. Like the moon in the sky. Like moony? Like the moon? Yeah. Moony. Moony state. (laughs) Yeah. I've never heard that word before. Mooney? Oh, yeah. 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 It what kind, does it mean? It kind of just means like, like dreamy? Yeah, dreamy and distracted a little. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Oh, more brand new information. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah, I've never heard it before. <laughs> more brand new information. Wow. It's just like this whole segment is just exploding with brand new information. <laughs> I, my head is just spinning. And now I'm going to start using the word Mooney. Which is fun for me. Um, I love it. Yeah, that is really good information. Um, that's really fun, though. Like, I love... Um, I love... The, did you say he writes for how many hours? Four and a half a day. Four and a half. Gosh. I wanted it to be six so that I could become obsessed thinking he has a thing for the number six. Like, the six pencils. Oh. The six hours. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But, yeah. I um, mean, is Roald yeah, that's secretly awesome. the devil? I, you know, we I don't haven't, know. <laughs> he we did write a book life. called The Witches. No. And he keeps bones lying around. So, exactly. I mean, his own bones, allegedly. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I, you know, I had this, um, the T.S. Eliot book, the, the, I still have it, I guess, the Curious, the Poems for Curious Cats or whatever the name of it is. Mm-hmm. And all of the illustration is done by Roald Dahl. And it's just such a cute little book. Like, Aww. it's so, it's so good. But, you know, I've never, I haven't, like, read much of his stuff. I'm not, I've never been a big, like, it's not that I'm not a fan. I just don't think I've had enough exposure. Yeah. He's delightful. I mean, he just really understands how to, you know, immerse yourself, what did he say, in a dotty world of fantasy. It's very much that. Yeah. He's such a moony man. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um... Yeah, my brand new information is, um, I you know all about my brand new information because it is far from brand new to you because as soon as I found out about it, I immediately was like, listen to this. So there is a gentleman named Alan Lickman. Um, he is a uh, American historian and 
He is known for a lot of really random things. Um, the man is very strange. He has some <laughs> odd habits and histories. Um, He's got some interesting uh, hair. Hit up that interesting hair. Is it a wig? Is it the thickest head of hair you've ever seen? I don't know. I've, don't I've know. looked. <laughs> I've looked. I've observed video. I've looked at photographs. It's his own hair, allegedly. It, it's a toss-up. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> um, <laughs> So here's the thing with Lickman. He wrote a book uh, called Keys to the White House. Um, and essentially, this is a model that he created with a, a seismologist from Russia. And essentially, it's three, or sorry, 13 components um, that are just true-false questions that, and you know, some of them are like, uh, you look at the state of the country, but then also, you know, one of them has to do with the midterms. One of them has to do with, is there social unrest? One of them has to do with, is there uh Conflict has there been during the presidency? Has there been conflict abroad? Yada yada. So for the last twenty presidential elections, um, he has gotten the answer right. He has uh, used this model and predicted correctly. Mm-hmm. He uh, the one time he was not correct was Al Gore, though Al Gore won the popular vote. So he said himself that maybe this model is better for determining the popular vote and mm-hmm. doesn't count for the electoral college. However. He said that Trump was going to win in 2016. And as we all know, Trump did not win the popular vote. <laughs> by quite, quite a, a lot. Bit. <laughs> by quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, <laughs> 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 um, so, yeah. So he um, he's saying it's Biden. Mm. And that just made me really, really happy. And I feel like there's so little control that we have right now, like just with COVID and the unknown of the election, that like it just felt almost like I got to like. Can you hear Penny? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I can hear you. Can oh, can you hear Penny? Uh, let me. No. Okay. Um, she's doing this thing. Um, sorry, this is going to be very interesting to you, listeners. <laughs> My dog. Uh, she gets her flea medications on the fifteenth, and we're recording on the fifteenth. And so, right around that time, like I know she needs it because she rolls on the back on her back on the rug and just goes and like makes these really <laughs> grotesque noises. And she's doing it in the room where I'm at. So I'm like, I'm not. Someone is not being like tortured in the background. That's just my. <laughs> um anyway yeah it felt like it felt almost like a, 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 like a soothsayer had come into my life mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. or like a seer or a fortune teller and I was just like you know what it's good news and I'm just gonna lean really hard into it I mean and, well we don't get um, much of that these days so yeah yeah totally you know take it where you can get it right yeah I mean the question so I did watch the video and they go through like each question and then it, they kind of like tick one for Trump and then one for Biden depending on which way the question goes it's like way too close for comfort for me Biden wins by like mm-hmm. one question I think and yeah that makes me nervous but like I'm way mm-hmm. cynical and I have such a hard time like being positive or optimistic so I mean I would I'm wanting very much to just kind of yeah, lean into the let's hope that this Lichtman character is uh, is correct. And that not only is it the I popular so. vote, but it's, you know, such a landslide of the popular vote that you just can't contest it or even try. You know? Yeah. There's no dangling Chad you know, situation. I mean... <laughs> 
Yeah. I'm hopeful, but I'm also like, I'm like you, I'm very nervous. And I think that, you know, we were burned badly, horrifically in 2016. And I think that hope has just been eroded uh, consistently Mm -hmm. over the, the past four years to a point where even having it, you started to feel like a fool mm-hmm. for even thinking that things might go well. I mean, I know. It, it, yeah, it, I, yeah. So it's, I, I get it. Like it's, it's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. To want to have hope or to try to allow yourself to do it. So that's why, like, when this guy said this, I was like, well, this dude <laughs> who's a historian and works he with knows. a uh, seismologist, <laughs> and he's corrected it right for 20, 20 different elections. So <laughs> fingers crossed. Just a yeah, little bit of, of wishful, wishful, hopeful thinking. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we just need a break. <laughs> so, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, even, you know, if Biden does get elected, there's still just it's just going to be such a harrowing journey of fuckery because Trump's not going to go down without a fight because if he does he goes to prison no. probably and you know it's and his supporters and his are supporters like, are insane now I mean they've been like told militia groups. stand back and stand by or whatever yep and you know they are basically insane so <laughs> and they're armed to the teeth yeah. And it's just really scary because, you know, they really think that all liberal people are evil monsters who need to be murdered and put down. And it's it's really scary to be up against that mentality and seeing that mentality yeah. being shouted publicly all mm-hmm. over the place. It's really terrifying. Yeah. But, oh, God, it's sorry, so, I'm bringing us know, down again. Like we, we've decided that we're going to, we're driving back across the country. We leave on the 2nd. So we will be uh, driving during election, hopefully getting home right around the time we'll get the results. I'm I'm hopeful that it's such a landslide. We know the night of that would be beautiful. It would be. Um, I don't come on I don't Texas. Foresee that happening. Come on Texas. Um, but uh, yeah. So I'm actually, you know, Jamie and I were talking about just being nervous yeah. about being in the middle of the country when this happens, and I'm like is this the best thing? Like, should we try to be safely in San Diego? And like, we've actually had to like talk about it. And that's a crazy thing to have to discuss where the other side of this kind of political situation, they're just like so angry and, you know, they will kill people. Like just, it's insane. It's insane. It really is. It's really insane. (laughs) Yeah. So well, so anyway, hopefully, hopefully everything goes really well yes. because it has consistently for the past four years. So <laughs> we have, you know, so I'm many, sure it'll be so fine. much reason to be hopeful about yeah, humanity and their fine. ability to change things. Yikes. Oh my God. Just look at how good 2020 has gone. Oh. Everything's going to be okay. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, shall we introduce the topic? Yes. So <laughs> on that note, um, Today we're going to be talking about sort of the theme of sensitivity um, and as that relates to shame, like we're sensitive about certain things because we feel shame about them or we've been shamed about things and then we're sensitive about that. I feel like it's just a, a very interlinked concept of of sensitive emotional reactions and 
coming mm-hmm. from a place of shame. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't often talk about this, but I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you, what made you think of this topic? Was there, did it just kind of come to you or was there something that like it was on your mind? Mm, it was a whole process. <laughs> so okay. I, okay. I was, I, what was I listening to? Because it's a good topic. I really like it. Yeah. And you told me about it last night. And since you've told me about it last night, it's just been rolling around in my mind. And I, it's so much as, you know, it, it's just, it's something that I think is, um, it's, there's depth to it. There's layers. Yeah. I mean, I, I, and the way that I came to it is very like roundabout. So yeah, there are, there's a lot there. So I was thinking about trauma, um, and mm-hmm. made, like childhood trauma and like trauma that we don't, um, that we don't even know that we were like fully present for basically. And uh-huh. and then that uh-huh. kind of made me think about like how that just like those traumas, small or large, when you're growing up, they really affect who you are and how you process things like throughout your life. And that made me just think like mm-hmm. what sensitive creatures we are like, you know, not, yeah. not to, yeah. not by any means saying that like, Oh, how like, how dare you let trauma affect you? No, not at all. It's just, I'm like, I just think that we are, like our psyches are pretty sensitive to things. And like, it can be, you know, just like a small moment that really ends up like Mm -hmm. affecting you emotionally. And yeah. So then that kind of got me on the topic of sensitivity and then always being called such a sensitive child and, you know, I've always been mm-hmm. kind of in that realm, like labeled sensitive. So, yeah, then it just seemed then when you and I were talking about it, we're like, oh, we could talk a lot more about that rather than just, you know, the trauma yeah. side of things. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Like, I, I, yeah, I like the topic a lot. And, you know, the thing that I've been thinking about the last uh, 24 hours since we talked about this, about sensitivity and shame is um, just how much shame can be um, kind of put on you if someone is like, you're being sensitive, Mm -hmm. like you're being so sensitive, you're being oversensitive, you're being hypersensitive, like she's just really sensitive. (laughs) Um, Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, it's such a, it's a loaded word. It is really a loaded word. word. Well, and especially, it's often, sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, especially for for women, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I know that we yeah. always kind of go that way. We're like, oh, well, it's so much worse for women. But I mean, I think that sensitivity. We're two women. Gets <laughs> launched at women all the time for yeah. a myriad of other things that are going on, well, you know. And sensitivity is a euphemism. Yeah. When it comes to that, because it's it's a nice way of saying what you really, you know, right. probably want to say. Right. Um, and I think that that sensitivity that word gets people it's like a yeah it's kind of scapegoated a little bit well and it's really interesting too how the connotations are very different for women versus men too because if you call like a young boy or a man sensitive that has some really interesting connotations I think historically that's yes. been like a euphemism mm-hmm. for gay and yeah you know he's a sensitive he's creature a sensitive type you know, yeah, like, mm-hmm, I, I think mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. and, and that's, it's also a really negative word when used toward men, so, uh, but yeah, it's, it definitely is more of a controlling word for women, it feels like. Yeah, so what would you think if I, like, I mean, I'm, I don't really use the word sensitive very often, if ever, I don't, yeah, 
I don't know. Um, unless I'm like, I have sensitive skin. Yeah. Or I'm like, Jamie, pick up my deodorant. It's the one that says sensitive skin on the label. <laughs> um, I don't really use the word other than that. Um, but if I were to say to you, like, we were getting ready to meet uh, someone that I knew. Mm-hmm. And if I were to say, like, yeah, like, I think you'll like her. She's a little sensitive. But, like, what would come to your mind? Like, what comes to your mind if I say I that? I would immediately think that you have to be very careful about what you say because she takes offense to everything. Eggshells. Yeah. Yeah, walk on eggshells. Right. She's she's potentially uh, hostile. Yeah. Um, or just tr- trigger, easily triggered. Very Now, what if I were to triggered. be like... Right. Yeah. So what if I were to be like, okay, like, yeah, so like, um, I think you're really going to like this guy. Like, he's a little sensitive, but like, he's, you know, like, what would you think? Huh. I mean, I guess I would kind of think the same thing, but I would also get a mental image with a man that would be uh-huh. like a little bit more like either bear-like or... Um, I think, and see, for a man, I'm like you with a woman, I have the same connotation. I'm like, oh, like eggshells is what I think. And then with a man, I immediately think like, He's precious with things. Oh. Like he's, do you know what I mean? Like he takes Like he takes things, very like, good care of his small dog. Yeah. And yeah, he takes good, he takes good care of himself. Like he can be a little bit precious about things he cares about. And like, he's passionate. Like, you know, like, I don't know. Huh. Like it's different. It's almost the same things that I would think of the woman, but somehow in my mind, it's like you said, the mental image, like I'm framing it differently because it's a man. Right. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's, I've never, well, I mean, I may have, but I don't know. It would be such a weird way to like kind of prepare someone for meeting someone too. It's like, they're a bit sensitive. <laughs> like you have to be like, Pretty sensitive if that is, like, the first thing that people have to warn about. But they're not saying sensitive. They're saying something else, That's right? That's true, right. Yeah. Like, instead, so, you know, if it were me and that was the situation with the woman and I would be like, oh, like, I think you'll like her. Like, she she can be, she gets set off easily, though. So, like, right. don't take it personally if, like, she kind of goes on a diatribe. Like, I would probably phrase it more like that. Like, yeah. I wouldn't be like. She's sensitive, you know? You know what, though, like, now that I'm thinking about it, I think you hear it in scripts a lot more because people often in, you know, fictionalized scenarios Mm -hmm. talk like we wish that we all spoke to one another where we we end up holding a lot more back than, you know, in television or movies. Mm -hmm. So I think that there are a lot of situations I can remember where it'll be like, okay, you know, so-and-so is coming and she's real sensitive about her weight, so don't bring it up. You know, like that sort of oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Where, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just don't hang out with people. Maybe maybe people do talk that way. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, you see it a lot more in, like, movies and film. But yeah, it's, like, but it's usually, true. like, specific or uh, sensitive about something specific. Yeah, she's sensitive about this topic. Right. Or, um, or, or I mean, like, I could see myself, like, um using it comedically like they get real sensitive about that marble countertop yeah so if you're going over for dinner just (laughs) you know what I mean yeah totally um but I don't I've been called sensitive I've been called hypersensitive Mm -hmm. um I've been called those things did that start in childhood yeah yeah same they my they they use the word a lot 
tenderhearted, which I preferred. Oh. Because they were just like, you're just so tenderhearted. Yeah, it was, I think it was sweet. Like, there was, like, when they had the the special edition, I don't know if they were Care Bears, there was one that was, like, a lamb, and I think it had a heart oh, with a tender heart. on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tender heart. Yeah. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. they got me that. They were like, that lamb is you. And I was just like, what? And then, like, when I got older and I was like, they're just cutting down all the trees and uh, cows have eyelashes, Dad. Like, <laughs> I can't eat meat. And he's like, you're just so tender hearted. I worry about you. Like, how could I raise a liberal? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm fucking tender hearted, bitch. You've known this for years. Um but yeah, I ten, they said tenderhearted. Um, but isn't that just is sort got, of another word for empathy? Yes. I mean, but it was. It, yeah. I mean, yeah. To me, I, mean, I don't think that empathy equates sensitivity, or like, I mean, maybe it does, because there there is sort of that way that I sometimes describe myself as sensitive because I'm very sensitive to like I know this sounds like hokey, but I swear, like energy. Mm-hmm. And when, like, vibes but, or energy. Girl, you know I'm about them vibes. Right. I'm about them vibes. And when they're off, like, you can physically feel it. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's a form of sensitivity. But I agree. It doesn't really get talked about that much. That's why, like, you know, like, it's it's more like your instincts, I guess. But it's not even that. It's mm-hmm. like if somebody is vibing strangely, it can completely change the way that, like, your emotions are from before you entered that scenario. 100%. Which is... Like, I think, like, being... Go ahead. Oh, no, sorry. I think we're on a tiny bit of a delay. We are totally on a timing delay. Mm-hmm. So this will be interesting to listen back to. Yeah. Because I realize I keep going, like, mm-hmm, and I'm like, yeah. And then I, I think I'm doing it when you're taking, like, pauses when you're speaking. And then I realize <laughs> I'm going to listen to the podcast, and they're going to be like... Jeez, Danielle just will not let Lily speak. <laughs> Why are they like, talking constantly. over each other so much? Oh. Yeah, gosh. And then there are these weird silences, and then they're just like, da, 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 da. I don't know. We'll see how it turns out. Yeah, I mean, if it's a nightmare for you to edit Paolo, just let it let it lie. <laughs> yeah, Paolo, don't be sensitive about it. Yeah, don't be, um. don't be so sensitive, Paolo. Jeez. <laughs> But you know, like I was, I was gonna say, like sensitivity, like the the person who most told me. Sorry, I'm doing that thing where you like take your bra off through your shirt. Oh, I love doing I just that. Totally it's, did it's that. It's a real fun good time. Oh, I just, I was totally. I'm like sitting here and I'm like, I was became aware that I had it on and I'm like, no more. I should definitely um, take mine off too because I am sweating underneath mine because it's so hot in my house and nothing is grosser bra. than a swampy bra. I'm totally going to. Yeah, I was starting to get swamp bra, and um, I was, like, kind of sitting at an angle where I was, like, kind of cutting into me, and I was like, uh-uh, it's, no I mean, more. It's, like, it's getting, like, soupy in there. It's that bad. Yeah. Okay. Not Ooh. today, Satan bra. TMI for everybody. Um, Not today, Satan bra. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, well, it's fine. We've all been there. Maybe you are there. Hey, maybe you're in a situation where you need to take your bra you know take what? Take fucking bra take, if you can. If, you, if life is giving you swamp bra, just fucking take it off. Yeah, take off that Satan bra. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> um, okay, so, oh, so when you, like, if you've ever been called sensitive or somebody's been like, oh, like, you're just sensitive, um, the, I had been called uh, sensitive 
by a, a person in my life, someone very close to me. And every time they said that, it was when I asserted myself. Ugh, or like was. when they like we we had a we had a uh, altercation and I called them on some of their behavior and like the things that they were saying to me. And I was like, I just don't think this is appropriate. It was like the first time mm-hmm. I'd ever really done that with this person. Mm-hmm. And they sent me in the mail, the book, this book, The Highly Sensitive Person. Well, that's some passive aggressive bullshit. Also, you can't win. I yeah. look at that from every angle because I was like, I can't bring it up because then I'm like, what the fuck? Right. Then I'm just being sensitive, right? Yeah. But I also like, I'm not gonna not gonna read it. I'm not gonna like play into the fact that like they yeah. just want me to like feel shitty. Or something. You know, it was oh, so weird. Man, that so weird. is like backing you into like a sensitive corner there, right? Like it's right. The, the there's no winning sensitivity catch twenty two. How frustrating. So, and you know what else that keeps happening since we've been talking about this topic? I've been, um, I've had that song from the 90s, Insensitive, in my head. Ooh, what song? Do you remember that one? (gasps) Oh, yes. (laughs) I can hear it in my head, but I can't sing it. On how to be insensitive. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Who was that? It was some woman. I probably saw her at Lilith Fair. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, she was one of those. She was, she, <laughs> you probably did. Um, I mean, I did go to all three of them, so. That nothing tracks more closely to to you and your life than those, than that fact. I like know. that, that one is just, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. it definitely that all tracks. checks out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, But yeah, I mean, it's like, it's such a loaded word. It's one of those things like once someone tells you, you're being sensitive. It's kind of the ultimate gaslight. Yeah, right? it definitely is gaslighty. Right, because then, you know, of course that's going to get your blood up and you want to defend yourself because mm-hmm. it, it's not ever a, really a positive thing. I mean, I Mm-mm. I can't remember a time where it's like, oh, you're so sensitive. Like that being like yeah. a good oh, thing. Oh, no, no. It, Can you it imagine? Just signals, like, it signals weakness. Like, you know, a lot of... Uh, struggles that I have with like my personality type you know being introverted and you know being empathetic and you know all all of the things that go with that like all of that is told to me by society that that's weak and so I've always struggled with feeling like I'm a weak person because you know I am sensitive Mm. and I do have Mm -hmm. you know tendencies toward you know anxiety and things like that and you get told weak so much and that's what that word just means and I hate it because being sensitive about things or toward things just means that you have like you're in touch with your emotions and and you're aware and you're aware I mean and you know that when people are treating you badly and you're paying attention to it you know it's not yeah and like like I would say like for example like you know, like maybe, maybe I don't use the word sensitive because it is so loaded, but, but I do think it's like a really beautiful quality. Like, and I think sometimes like we were talking about the whole tender hearted thing. Like my niece is, she is a very like compassionate person. She asks deep questions about people. Like when we're out in the world, like she wants to understand things. Like, um, she saw someone with a disability when we were out and she like, had so many questions and like 
I just, I was so happy that I got to be there to answer them because my mom was just like, the Lord makes everyone different. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> just like, okay, <laughs> which is, which is a fine answer. Um, but then I wanted to be like, you know, but for sometimes a questioning people have person, you, you want to know more than that. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, no. In my um, opinion. I, I just, no, 100. I'm with you. I just, I think it's like a certain kind of mind, though, to be like four and to have so many questions about like, and she was asking the most thoughtful things, like, because it, uh, the person was in a wheelchair mm-hmm. and um, she was just like, oh, and she's like, and they have a way to get in the car. And like, it was just like sticking with her. Like mm-hmm. she wanted to like fully understand. And it was just like, that's. You know, like, I think if a kid stayed on that train of thought, somebody might be like, they're just so sensitive. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. she's a sensitive child. And I'm just like, no, she's thoughtful. Yeah, she's exactly. she's super aware. She's, you know, she's she's an abstract thinker. She's a deep thinker. Yeah, I was going to say, so, like, you know, you could use the word sensitive there, or you could be, like, helper or problem solver, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, if, if yeah. the world hasn't created a solution for this person, you know, she's thinking about how to do it or, you know, if it exists, mm-hmm. like that's a really wonderful sign of, um, well, first of all, I think heightened intelligence, <laughs> but also, you know, that empathy factor where yeah. I think that and that's compassion. what makes, yeah, that makes good people. I agree. And you know, my favorite people in my life are all very, you know what, I'm going to re I'm reclaiming sensitive. <laughs> Yay. I'm, I'm a sensitive person. Like, I cry easily, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. what's your f- facts, fun facts about me? One way that I know that I'm getting into a depressive episode or that I start to feel like I'm getting depressed mm-hmm. is shit out in the world affects me so strong. Yeah. Like, if I witness someone being cruel to another person, I will, like, weep. Mm-hmm. Or, like, and, like, this, and it keeps happening, keeps building. It's, like, and I realize that, like, my skin is, like, thinner somehow. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I'm, I've always been that way. Like, I just, I wear it. You are a sensitive person, and your wife is, and in the most mm-hmm. beautiful way. I've seen, speaking of which, of weeping, I've seen both of you do that just over humanity. Like, I love that your wife, like, with art, she very often is brought to tears. And yes. I think that's so beautiful. Like, it's- that she's just... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's funny because um, the first time I realized, let's, let's use the, and reclaim this word, that she was such a sensitive person, it kind of took me by surprise because she has this very laid back, easygoing, go with the flow, kind of like chilled out personality. But mm-hmm. then, yeah, and I think it was in response to like a song or, or something. And I was like, oh my God, she's like, like, like there's a lot. Mm-hmm. going on mm-hmm. in there <laughs> yeah and that's another thing that I think sensitive people have they just have a lot of emotional um I don't even know the word for it but there's just a lot happening yeah and there's a time. vulnerability there yeah. there's like a vulnerability that like because they are compassionate and because they they you know they kind of carry these things like Sometimes whether they want to be vulnerable or not, they're almost forced to be because yeah. the emotions just come, you know? Um, well, and yeah, I, I think, sorry, go ahead. No, it's this damn delay. God damn time and delay. <laughs> no, uh, no, continue. I, you know, I was going to say, I'm, I'm married to a man who is, I would say sensitive and I'm only attracted to men who I would reclaim and say are sensitive. Mm-hmm. Like, 
if a man is not sensitive and compassionate and in touch with like the fact that he is an emotional being, mm-hmm. it's the biggest turn off in the world to me. Totally. Like I just think so gross. Like, but I love, and I'm not like, oh, I love a tortured artist. I mean, I've had that phase. It was called college. Like <laughs> now it's more like I just really I like a man who, and my husband has this trait, like he's very self-aware, but also like things get to him and he's yeah. not afraid to share it with me. Yeah. And he's not afraid to let it show, you know, like, mm-hmm. it, it, and, that, and that makes me feel less alone and it makes him feel less alone. Oh, absolutely. Because then, you know, you can talk about things because you need to talk about them. You know, that's another right. part of being sensitive, I think, is is kind of having this like heightened need for communication and to get those feelings out and yeah. those thoughts out. Because a lot of the time, you know, that's another part of it, too. I think it's like you're constantly thinking and analyzing. And that's mm-hmm. part of what makes the sensitivity appear is that uh-huh. you're like thinking deeply about things. So I think that without being able to have an outlet for kind of discussing or some sounding board of some mm-hmm. kind, I think that that could really make for a huge level of loneliness that I think that people yeah. who aren't that way don't really experience. I think that I think you're right. And I I think you just hit on something that is really important for us to talk about, which is people who are isolated in and by their sensitivity, Mm. because maybe they're in they're in social circles or they're in families or they're in situations where they've been kind of, um, you know, they've been like relegated to like a certain role because they're like sensitive. And then, you know, in the same way that introverts are very often forced to toughen up and yeah. kind of fake it till you make it and be an extrovert when it's just, that's not in their constitution. Mm-hmm. Same thing for people who are sensitive, like yeah. get thicker skin, you know? I think that my dad very much was that way. And it's one of the things that breaks my heart the most about it is that it like ended up making him kind of an angry person. So he was hard to be around, mm. but when he was growing up, you know, he was a, he was a, artistic, sensitive, thoughtful child. And, you know, Mm -hmm. to the point where, you know, he only had half siblings because, you know, whatever, my grandmother remarried and then had more children. But so he was the only child of his father and he took after him a lot. And so everybody else in the family was just not the way that he was. And so they used to like Mm -hmm. make fun of him and call him the professor. And, Uh. and like, you know, it's just sort of that sort of thing. And this is another Mm -hmm. thing about like toxic masculinity environments too, where you just feel like the people who get their sensitivity sort of like beaten out of them, then it has to go somewhere and it ends up being like inward anger and inability to form good relationships. And it's so sad to see that because it's like you take the best quality in somebody that just because the world doesn't see it as good and you turn it into something really ugly and horrible and, and, and lonely and sad. You know what I mean? It's just it's disgusting. And we need sensitive people. Sensitive people are valuable. Yeah. Sensitive people are, are, are the great thinkers and writers and artists. And, you know, and it doesn't even have to be that grandiose. They're the great family member mm-hmm. who who makes you feel comfortable and is the one who says, like, Hey, like I saw that too. Like, are you okay? Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like sensitive people are those people. Like yeah. it, it, like we need them. Yeah. We need them. They're important and undervalued, you know? I definitely agree undervalued because I think that in, in some ways they don't necessarily 
I was going to say they don't make the best leaders, but I'm going to not say that and say they don't get appreciated as leaders. So people mm-hmm. don't uh, like elect people like that. And I, I don't just mean to political office. I mean, just in general, yeah. like elect for that person to lead because it's it's perceived as weak. Yeah. And I think well, that can we they can't handle beat it? that out of our society. Yeah. What's well, like, can they handle it? Right. Yeah. Like, but like you can be both like you can simultaneously like sometimes sensitivity is a great sign of intelligence and also strength yeah. and bravery that you're able to just to, to see mm-hmm. something painful and then to be able to be empathic and to go there to actually allow your mind to to go to those dark places and to inhabit those spaces because you want to understand. Yeah. You know, and sometimes it's not a choice. You just you just do it. Yeah. It's just who you are. Well, I mean, I think that one of the things that when I'm being nice to myself, I do. And I try to remind myself because I have this insecurity that I'm a weak person because of all of that, you know, imprinting on my sensitive childhood brain. Um, it's just that like, no, I'm not weak. Like I, and again, like been through a lot of hard shit and made it through mm-hmm. and like made it through mainly self-sufficiently. And so I just try to tell myself stuff like that so that I don't get as, like, insecure about the way that my personality is and, like, the kind of meekness yeah. of me. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I do, I get hung up on it a lot. And I just have to keep telling myself, like, no, you fucking are kicking ass. Like, you are. Yeah, you are. Like, you know, you're doing really well and you're a happy person and you have healthy and happy relationships. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's not a sign of weakness. Yeah. It's it's crazy how the stories that people tell us just affect us, especially like when we're kids Mm -hmm. that we're like told we're a certain way. Mm -hmm. And then we spend sometimes the rest of our lives either trying to make that definition fit and work or fighting against it or trying to reinvent it or... Yeah. You know, it's, it's just a, it's, it's, one, it's, it's, you know, it's sensitivity is one of those labels. Yeah. Well, and it's also something that it's hard to learn how to trust yourself because there are certain times where like, I look back and I'm like, oh, I had like a falling out with a friend, you know, and maybe it was because I was being a little too sensitive over, you know, the situation or whatever was going on. But then, you know, you, as you learn and grow and like say that might happen again in your life but for completely different reasons you have to trust that you're like learning and that it's Mm -hmm. not you're not just like this crazy sensitive person that just like you know flies off the handle and like can't have (laughs) like good close relationships it's just like no shit happens but like yeah just learning to trust yourself when you kind of hear that you're too sensitive and that's bad and be like, well, you yeah. know what, like learning about like the strength in your sensitivity and then also learning that it doesn't like define you or control you even, you know, if it's affected things in your past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, we, we talked a little bit about this last night, but like you, you know, you get to define what's a big deal for you. Mm-hmm. You get to decide, like if some other people can tell you, like you're, you're being too sensitive about this, like, well, you know, you're making too big of a deal of this. You get to decide that. They don't. Yeah. Or like, you know, this is a bigger deal. I wish you'd make a bigger deal out of it. It's like, okay, well, you get to decide that, you know, not the other person. Totally. Um, and if you 
are a sensitive person, you know, and you've been told that it's weird. It's almost like, you know, there's a control element to it as well. It's like, you know, by somebody saying like, you're sensitive, you're being too sensitive. It's kind of like, please react the way that makes me comfortable because Mm -hmm. you're making me uncomfortable right now Mm -hmm. by having a reaction. Yeah. And it's like, it's so crazy. And it's like, we were talking about earlier because it's the ultimate fucking gaslight because where do you go from there? When somebody's like, you're being sensitive, right? you know, if you say like, no, I'm not like, you you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, or I'm not being sensitive. I'm just angry or, you know, you can't, I mean, can you imagine? I mean, and I'm sure that it used to happen all of the time and it, probably does still happen in some places but like being told that at work like you're just too sensitive Mm. like I mean I I think that they I think that in a lot of cases that word gets or not the word but that sentiment gets expressed but they use different language but it's basically what they're saying yeah in a work environment not that I'm sensitive but I had a male colleague that I actually trust and still respect very much from a job many many moons ago mm-hmm. and his way of doing it is I uh, somebody was I, I was mean girled in a job mm-hmm. and um and I remember like crying and like all, all the men that I worked with like were super supportive it was um it was a tv station it was a pbs station so it was like kind of artsy people but like um the girls were pretty rough and they were kind of mean and this, I cried in my office and then mm-hmm. this guy walked in, he was like senior to me and I was so embarrassed cause he just like knock, knock and like walked in and then like clearly I had been crying and he was like, what happened? And then he's like, you know, or like, you didn't immediately, you know, he's just like, Oh, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, what happened? So I told, I told him and he was like, Danielle. And he's like, you gotta like, you gotta go full godfather with this shit. Like, what are you talking about? And he's like, it's not personal, it's just business. Mm. He's like, you have to learn that it's not personal, it's just business. And you have to tell yourself that mm-hmm. until you believe it. Mm-hmm. And it was such a wise way to be like, you're too sensitive, <laughs> you know, which is what was happening. Like, yeah. I was like crying at my desk, like, I needed to pull my shit together, but somebody needed to tell me yeah. in a way that, like, I could comprehend that was also kind of funny that I would be like, right, this is just business. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to take this personally. This is how they're handling their business, but I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I mean, I hope that people start to learn how to behave a little bit better in just business situations Um, because I think sometimes, like, I don't know, the the backstabbing rat race is just not for me and it pisses me off sometimes. Um, But, I mean, I think that... There's also total validity in being sensitive, sensitive, you know, about certain things like, you know, getting like looked over for promotions when you are clearly like the better, harder worker and better candidate or whatever, you know, and and like and saying something mm-hmm. about that and being forthright about it. Yeah. That's not being sensitive. But I think that a lot of people could be like, well, she's just mad and emotional, you know. It's like, yeah, instead of like, she's a great advocate for herself, right. like she fights for, you know, and I mean, I, I have to say, like, even with the whole, like, it's not personal, it's just business. Like, I've now had many jobs since then, and live in an ent- entirely different mind than I did at that time. And I realized that everything's personal. Yeah. Like, you can, you can separate and say, you know, that helped me at that time. But if someone told me that, 
right now, I would just be like, yeah, but they're fucking with me. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm, I, I have to think, you know, like, right. it's just, it's so different. And, and you're right, because in a work environment, it does become personal. And it does become, because people very often, the pot shots that they take are usually about someone's own something deep in their personhood. She's too sensitive. She's too angry. She's too weak. She's too emotional. She's too, you know what I mean? These Mm -hmm. are the reasons she wouldn't be good for a promotion. Right. She's not as aggressive as he is. Uh, She's not as outgoing. mm Mm-hmm. She's, and then like if a woman like is, um, uh, there's a pet store here that we've gone to a couple of times and there's a female owner and it's a badass pet store, but she is all like, let's get down to brass tacks business she will just tell you point blank. And at first I thought I didn't like her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, she's just not kind. She's not warm. And I was like, why don't I like her? Because she gave me great advice. She's been wonderful. And then I realized I'm like, if she were a man, I wouldn't have even batted an eye. I don't need a man to be warm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, owner of a pet shop. Like, why isn't she like laughing with me and like making rapport and like trying why isn't to, you she know, more like sensitive? <laughs> Yes. I'm like, yes. Why? Um, But it's like, but then, you know, it's like, it's so crazy because it's like, those are the things that you just, yeah. Why isn't she more sensitive? Um, Yeah. Sorry. I just totally went off. When I went off the rails, I started thinking about like all the reasons like women don't get promoted. And I started thinking sometimes when a woman is like, more business-minded than a man or as business-minded as a man. Sometimes if she's not feminine enough or doesn't have the qualities like warmth, um, Mm -hmm. you think she's a bitch Mm -hmm. or she's cold. When in reality, like, she's just running a fucking business and doesn't have time to be like, oh, how are you? You know, like, why should she? Well, like, I've definitely been in circumstances at work where I was like rightfully pissed off about things and expressing it and definitely have gotten just sort of like looks from my superiors like Sylvie has a lot of emotions right now and like I don't really know what because normally I'm you know very like go with the flow at work and I'm very like even keeled at work usually or at least I had been Uh I'm kind of over that now but um (laughs) You know, and it was just sort of this, like, shocked look, like, oh, you were being very sensitive about this. But, you know, like, nothing ever came of it. They didn't really take it seriously. It was just like, oh, Lily just needs well, they to don't get know some how. things off her chest. And it's like, no, I want you to fucking fix this problem. Like. Well, it's like they don't know how. Like, they see the emotion. They startle because they're like, oh, God, oh, God, am I going to have to deal with this? Is mm-hmm. this going to be an emotional response? And then, like, they want to squash it. They don't want to talk to you about it. Oh, no. God, no. That's the last thing they or want. Or solve They're... the problem that is causing the feels. Yeah, no, no, no. Can't go there. Never. Can't go there. Never. That's just, let's just leave that live wire. It's going to electrocute <laughs> someone just lying on the floor. We're just going to leave that live wire right there for more people to get shocked by it rather than pick it up. It, exactly. Yeah, it, it drives me crazy. It's, it's um, yeah, real, real annoying. Yeah, but I mean, I think if there were more like people who were outwardly able to be like sensitive in the workplace, you know, not that like you know, not in the way that we're all offending each other constantly and running to HR. But I mean, just like 
being like cognizant of like where others are at and like the work that they're doing and being like, you know, observant and aware of like the merits of certain people or, you know, when other things aren't going well. I think that all of that is part of a sensitive person that makes a good manager. And I feel like so few people who are quote unquote sensitive, uh, end up in management and it's just very frustrating because they don't know people and then they don't manage well. And it's just like you see it over and over and over again. I think the best bosses that I've had have been people who I know on some level are sensitive people because when I've had challenges, they've given the best advice. And I mean, in my job, like when I worked in the hospital, for example, I was seeing crazy stuff and you know, like uh, I had this great boss, Terry Villacruz. She was an excellent social worker. And um, she she was wonderful. One night I was there late and I was super invested in a case, like too much emotionally. Mm-hmm. And she didn't do it that night. She was just like, I want you to go home. Like I'm drawing a firm boundary with you. Go home. And then the next day she was just like, what happened? Like, what was it? And then we wound up having this discussion where like, I was like getting a savior complex and like staying late and I wanted to fix this stuff. But I was like, it wasn't until later that I realized, like when I look back at that moment and that kind of a snapshot, I'm like, God, that's an excellent leader. Like she saw what was happening, Mm -hmm. separated me from it, gave me the night to think about it, brought me in and then was like, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. she, she identified it. It wasn't like, why are you still here? And why haven't you fixed this? It was like, or also uh like, why Danielle, are you being so sensitive about this? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like wanting to like unpack it with me mm-hmm. and just kind of be like, hey, you you cared a lot about this family. Right. You know, that's what happened. And you had to you needed to draw a boundary and it didn't happen. But now you're aware and you mm-hmm. won't, you know, hopefully you won't do that next time. It's like, yeah, very, but you have to see that yourself and understand mm-hmm. that in order to like help someone else with it. Well, I think so I think like, sorry, I don't know. What's that? Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, I think that, like, that's a good example. And also, you know, you can roll that into a personal life situation, too, where, like, you know, we have a lot of sensitive friends who have a lot of feelings. And sometimes navigating that is (laughs) is tricky. And especially in a group dynamic, sometimes things, like, happen and we're just like, oh, no. But I would much rather have that than friends who were all surface and didn't know how to go there and didn't know how to like access their emotions and were just, you know, mm-hmm. I just, that's not my kind of people. And so I would much rather have, you know, the mini dramas that sometimes happen with a sensitive group than, you know, the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, um, I think it's interesting too, like when you have a group of friends together, like how, there is like, there becomes this dynamic. Like there are people who are more sensitive. There are people who are a little bit more assertive. Mm -hmm. There's like, like just how it all kind of melds, but you're right. Like, because then it just becomes a group dynamic where there are going to be those people who are a little bit more sensitive. And, you know, the hope is that you can like identify and empathize and, Mm -hmm. you know, be able to see where they're coming from. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's a good point. <laughs> and I don't know. I'm I'm likening I'm likening it like the friend group in my mind to like a work environment or mm-hmm. any situation like we've been talking about where someone is kind of like um identified as being sensitive mm-hmm. and like what effect that has on in 
on their role in the group. Right. Yeah. And I think that, you know, like any healthy work environment that, in, you know, that does strong and good work, I think it's the same in a friend group where, you know, you learn and grow together, um, but they also recognize each other's strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. I, I don't yeah. feel like sensitivity is a weakness, but, you know, recognizing that and, and learning how to work together like that is just so important and I think that you need that diversity of personality types in any situation to kind of keep balance and keep harmony you know they're like yeah yeah even on like a small like on a kind of like a micro level like even in a relationship with two people Mm -hmm. like there has to be a balance you know like Mm-hmm. Amy and I are both very sensitive people. One of the things that we've we've navigated since we got together and that we still work on all the time is like we joke and gosh darn it, this has been a hard four years. Mm-hmm. We try not to be down at the same time. Yeah. And that's really hard. Yeah. That's really hard because I'm like it's getting harder these I'm days. I'm down. Like <laughs> it's really hard. And it's like, you know, one of us has to be like the cheerleader. Like yeah. one of us has to be the one who's gonna like pull us out of this. Like we can't both go down like we and yeah but you're right and like it just becomes like a it's a dance almost Mm -hmm. whether it's a group or it's two people or yeah oh well this has been wow well we covered sensitivity (laughs) in its entirety as a topic yeah yeah we we covered everything so don't come at us and yeah, say we done. didn't, you know, we solved yeah, it. No more ever <laughs> needs to be said on that topic. No, um, ever. If, if we've been speaking over each other, um, I think there's been a little bit of a lag. Who yeah. knows? We'll see. Um, maybe Paolo will have to deal with that. So sorry, Paolo. I know. Mm, hopefully it's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any thoughts as we wrap up? I know, like I said, we've, we, like Lily said, I should say. We haven't been a weekly. We're going to try to get back on the stick and on the shtick. We're going to get back on the stick and on the shtick. Um, and we're going to start trying to come to you weekly. We're on a COVID schedule. Um, yeah. Uh, but, you know, for the most part, you should see us on, you know, a regular basis. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We're, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. We will. All of us together, we're just doing the best we can. We're very yes. sensitive. So and sensitive. <laughs> it takes a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. If you want to uh, tell us how you feel, um, mm-hmm. if you want to talk to us about your sensitivity, um, <laughs> and you can even write to us about your food sensitivities. Uh, hmm. You can write to us about or your skin you know, sensitivities. Your skin sure. Sens- I have all of them. I have Give all us some the advice. Sensitivities. <laughs> my God. My God. I, know, I still can't wear anything scented. Like, it's just so hard. Like, those Bath and Body Works things, like, oh, the girls in high school, they really used to, in oh, junior high, they smelled delightful. I used to douse myself in that body spray. My favorite was Limelight and Flowering Ooh. Herbs. Those were my two Bath and Body Works scents. I think that they've since been discontinued, but that was my jam. It always made me break out into a light rash. Oh. Light spelled L-I-T-E. Just oh, like a light, a light rash. <laughs> a diet um, rash, if you a will. A diet rash. It's a, it's a low-calorie rash. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, so write to us about your sensitivities. Yeah, We would love to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find us on the socials. We're not as active as we should be, but 
let's not use should language right now. We're in a pandemic. <laughs> Everybody's doing their best. Um, mm-hmm. We are uh, at shamepod. Mm-hmm. Our email address is shamepod at gmail.com. So you can also write us a lengthy, lengthy diatribe about your sensitivities. Please, or a lengthy diatribe about just about anything. That's we true, would too. be happy to receive it. <laughs> um, we hope you're taking very good care of yourself. Um, oh, my cat just narrowed into the microphone. <laughs> Sorry. I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And cat boy, is that cat boy? It's cat boy. Cat boy. Yeah. Um, now he's trying boy to eat helps. the cord. I think Capway is trying to tell the listeners that he also hopes they're taking good care of themselves. Yes, yes. He's yeah. purring for your wellness. Mm-hmm. And you know what? There's a lot right now that we are making priorities in our lives, and for good reason. We're making our health a priority with the COVID. We're making voting a priority, encouraging other people to vote. That's yep. a priority. Priority number Opening one. A... Vote, vote, vote. Yes. And so don't forget to make yourself a priority. Yes. Try to give yourself some time to read the things you enjoy. Put your feet up every now and again. Um, we're living in a crazy time, and the stress you're feeling is real. And if anybody tries to diminish that, fuck them. Yeah. They don't know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Um, All right. Yeah. Well, on that note, I guess it's time to say goodbye and that and we will... See you next Tuesday. Tuesday. Hopefully. (laughs) Bye. Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) Bye. Bye.